Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur. I hope you are having a lovely week. I am for sure. I am not at home. I am traveling, traveling in Germany, hence the sound quality. You might notice that is a bit different than normal because I am actually traveling light with my light microphone. So I hope the sound is half decent and you can still listen to this podcast properly. But yeah, today I will be speaking about the release of PodSqueeze. Uh, release PodSqueeze, interesting. Yeah, I'll be speaking about that because we released this week and uh, being on holiday or away from home and releasing is always a little bit stressful because there's always stuff to do and some bugs. And yeah, I want to share that with you and how the, the first release is going, how we came up with the pricing and yeah, then whatever comes to my mind, I will also share. Because, you know, traveling is always a great time to put things in perspective and get to know new realities. Even though I'm in Germany and I kind of know this reality already, I got, I got to explore some new stuff. So, yeah, let's get started with today's episode. In uh, Europe, we are having some crazy years. I mean, not only in Europe, around the whole world. But it all started with COVID, the pandemic, something that no one was expecting. And then we got, of course, the war, war in Europe, and then AI now. <laughs> and now people are actually speaking about aliens. I don't know if you heard about this. It's uh, kind of crazy. But uh, there has been sites of uh, UFOs, which are these weird objects flying in a... Uh, ways that seem to defy the laws of physics and they have been actually cited and uh, confirmed by the US uh, government so <laughs> to be honest if this would happen and if someone would say okay by the way now we have uh, aliens around would you be actually surprised i don't know i don't think i would be that surprised but yeah i i want to share this because covid is something that I think changed the world uh, forever, really forever. And it changed as well people. Like for me, for example, before COVID, I was working for a company. And it was somehow because of COVID that my company um, got acquired and I ended up leaving. And I realized that I wanted to follow my passion of being an indie, indie hacker. Since then, I have basically been working from home and I feel that I have been somehow, I don't know, that I have a little bit more social anxiety than before. I don't know if this is due only because of COVID or, I don't know, getting older or whatever, but sometimes I feel that I'm either with my great friends and I feel comfortable or sometimes with other people is is not as you know, comfortable for me to be outside. I don't know if this is also happening for you, but I've heard that it's happening to a lot of people. It's really happening to a lot of people around the world that um, it's it's kind of an effort now to reconnect with people, especially after these two years of being apart. It's, it's a big effort 
to reinstate your social activities. And this trip here in Germany, it's really interesting because I'm going from spending my weeks at home, basically, and interacting with my partner, with some of my friends, but much more isolated, to travel and visit all of my friends and being with them 24-7. And some of the, my friends, obviously, I'm super comfortable with, and I've seen them and talk with them regularly, so that's completely fine. But some other friends are people that I haven't talked to in more than, I guess, two years now. So how do you start this conversation? It's not it's not only been a few months. When it's only a few months, you can just quickly catch up and get back to your conversation. But two years, things change a lot. Your personality even can change. So I've been feeling a little bit of uh, this kind of anxiety. When when I go, sometimes I feel that I, I don't... I don't know what to talk or I'm afraid that there will be no topic to talk about. Um, and it's a great exercise. Don't get me wrong. This is a really good exercise because I get to practice my social skills again. And I always consider myself an extrovert and, and I am. But yeah, part of me sometimes think, thinks that, okay, now I'm in this phase where I'm both you know, I'm both an extrovert and an introvert. So that that has been really occupying my mind. And don't get me wrong, I'm really, really happy. And I was in Dusseldorf, the city where I worked for six years, met a bunch of friends. Now we are in Marburg, then we will go to Berlin. So it's really, really cool. At the same time, this is our holidays, right? But I am launching Pod Squeeze. And the business does not stop, which is something uh, hard to grasp, right? So let, let me tell you what, what, what has been happening with PodSquiz. First of all, I've been sharing about PodSquiz on Twitter, obviously. And this is my first SaaS, right? Software as a service. Funny enough, my Twitter engagement has been kind of mediocre. And then the moment I get into the plane and I had a few scheduled tweets... Then I, I land in Germany and I check my tweets and they are crazy. Like they are having a lot of engagement. So what I can only assume is that people really love SaaS. I know it's something that really works in our indie community. So the more I share about it, the more people will notice and follow me, which is really cool. Uh, but it's funny because I just get to Germany and I want to be present. I want to be with my friends and I want to enjoy that. But at the same time, I'm getting tons of notifications. It's like, you know, Twitter really knows that I'm about to disconnect for a bit. And they were like, no, let's, let's bring some attention to this guy. So again, I tried to disconnect and I think I was fairly uh, successful with that. But then we had the weekend and the weekend was fine. Uh, most of the things we had to do, we did last week for Pod Squeeze. I was really working hard, like really working, making everything. Because think about it, it's actually a lot of stuff, right? So the the base, right, converting podcasts and trans transcribing them and then doing the AI part, that was more or less done. That we did in our first week it was a lot of work, but we did it. But then there's a lot of logistics around the login, like doing the login process is still a lot of work. I used the Firebase for the authentication, which made a lot of things easier. 
but but still i mean it's it's a lot of work you need to make sure that you send the um, the recover message right if if someone does not have the um, or forgets the password i'm implementing also login with google so that part took took a lot of time and then you have the whole payment logistics so integration with stripe payment and then of course, you need to be able to cancel the subscription and you need to be able to upgrade it and you need to subtract the minutes, right? So the, the way we are um, organizing our, um, our payment method is with um, minutes. So you pay a subscription and you get an amount of minutes available for you for the whole month. And we we were thinking and trying to figure out what should be the best the subscriptions. This is the first for me to be honest. Well, I have the community, and but there I only have one one package. But obviously, with PodSqueeze, we want to kind of serve multiple types of clients. So Joe and I sat together and we thought, okay, how are we going to organize this? So as I said, we knew that we wanted to offer per minute and not per episode because one episode of 10 minutes will cost us much less than one episode of 60 minutes, right? So it makes sense to pay per minute. And there's a lot of other services, similar services that where you just pay per minute. So first thing that we had to do was kind of figuring out how much we wanted to charge per minute. And uh, for that is actually not super straightforward because we have many things going on, right? So first of all, we have the service that transcribes, like the AI API service that transcribes the podcast. And that is easy because that we know it costs two cents per minute. But then we have GPT. And with GPT, as you remember, it's a bit weird because instead of using words, they use tokens. And one token is not equal to one word is maybe, so let's say a thousand tokens is maybe 700 words or something like that. And then we had to split our transcriptions into multiple chunks. And for 4,000 tokens, you pay two cents. So I kind of had to implement some kind of um, metric. So I always log the amount of tokens that we use per episode. And then I somehow did some calculations to figure out how much would it cost to do one episode or to do one minute of episode. In the end, we we decided to charge, no, we calculated, sorry, we calculated that um, it was around four cents per minute or something like this. Or uh, yeah, I think so. We are charging around five, six cents per minute. That That's basically the calculation. I, I think I'm not, I'm doing a poor job explaining it. To be honest, I don't really remember how it, how it went, but it's something like this. So then you multiply this by the number of minutes you want to offer. We want to offer a starter package, or rather, first we have the free package, which gives you 50 minutes, which is still a lot. We might reduce this in the future, but now we just want people to try it out. So the starter package gives you 50 minutes. Then, uh, no, I sorry, the free package gives you 50 minutes. Then the starter package gives you 160 minutes per month, so it renews every month. And then we have a pro package that gives you 320 minutes. And uh, we, we try to kind of think about uh, how many how many episodes people would have and uh, 
we thought that yeah most people will have episodes of around 40 minutes i believe and uh, the starter package allows you to have four episodes of 40 minutes so one per week and the pro would be more for people that have an agency or something like this so we had the pricing done joao did a great job as well basically doing all the HTML and CSS, which is was really great help. This is something we learned from our first project, where I basically create the structure. Funny enough, I used also GPT for that. I, I kid you not. I just went to ChatGPT and said, write a pricing page using React and Tailwind, and it did perfectly. I just had basically copy-paste and just a few things, and it was working. But yeah, João had a lot of work as well, putting everything together and making everything beautiful. So it was a great, great teamwork. And then we're ready to launch. We're ready to launch and we said, okay, let's try to do our first soft launch on Monday. Our launch strategy has been mostly Reddit and sending DMs to people, which is something that worked really well for the Indie Lottery. So Reddit, uh, João basically went to a bunch of podcasts relating um posts or subreddits and he just asked for feedback he was like hey a friend of, of mine and, and myself we created this tool and it does this and we want to hear your thoughts this always works much better uh, we still had some people complaining that we are uh, the shameless plug kind of thing but in general it was good and it brought a lot of uh, a lot of traffic and then the messages kind of worked it didn't they did not work as well as uh, the messages we sent for indie lottery so far but they, they kind of worked. So I think it was Monday when we started sending everything. And I wake up and I check Reddit and I see that there's a lot of bugs and people complaining. And they are just saying, hey, this is not working. And um, what what I've realized is that we have tested it with a few podcasts. But each podcast, as you know, the cool thing about podcasting is that it's distributed. So there's many providers and you can distribute across multiple platforms. So I've tried with some of the providers, but other providers have something a little bit different. So there were a few bugs that I had to fix. And at the same time, I wanted to enjoy and, and to be uh, with my friends and with my partner. And this is where things start to get a little bit tricky because people do not understand that you always need to work which is something that uh, people that are not indie makers or entrepreneurs they they might not understand right so uh, for example my partner she got a bit upset with the fact that i i told her that i needed to work and she was like yeah but when it's me working then you complain right but i think at least in my perspective the difference is that she works for a company and the big difference is even if she does not work or if she performs a little bit um, less or she's a little bit less efficient for a week or two, it's fine. I mean, she will still get paid and there's a paycheck and everything. For us, indie makers, we if we don't work, no one is working for us, right? So we just do not get paid. And, and the stress around that is it can be really, really big, especially when you have clients and these clients are having a bad experience or they are having bugs or something like that. No one is there to fix it. There's no one to delegate, no one to give the responsibility to. And this requires for you to be 
always available. Now, of course, there's ways to somehow reduce this, this um, reduce this, <laughs> reduce this. Uh, one is to have um, support, customer support. And this, there's a lot of companies already, and I've seen a lot of indie makers doing this, where they can hire companies, where they train these, uh, these people from these companies to solve a lot of support tickets. So this takes the load a lot from the founder's shoulders, which is really cool. But we are not there. We still have to do a lot of work. So I tried to somehow do the work at late night or early in the morning to avoid this. But yeah, sometimes this can uh, be, you know, cause a little bit of conflict. But yeah, it's it's part of uh, being an indie maker. So I had this... Um, Issues to fix. Unfortunately, they were easy. They were just small adjustments, and we did fix them. And people seemed to be happy. We got a few people that said that was not beneficial for them, which I have to be honest, it was kind of a bummer. Uh, one of uh, one of these people that gave us this feedback was uh, James McEwen that I interviewed here in the podcast, and he is a podcaster himself. And it's kind of a pro podcast. He has many podcasts. And, of course, it would mean a lot to have his approval. But he said that, I don't know, he says that our tool is cool, but it's not really bringing enough value for him to pay for it. I think that's the gist of what he had to say. Some other people said that they like it. But so far, no one paid. We had no one converting. Yes, granted, it only been two or three days. But... If you remember, I told you that last week we were in this amazing phase where we have all the possibilities. We are building something and you think, wow, you know, we'll be millionaires. And now we are in the phase of reality check. And the reality is that even though the conversion is good and we are bringing people to the website, and when I mean conversion, uh, people create accounts, so that's cool, and they try it out, but no one is paying yet. It's too early to say. We are not quitting just now because sometimes it takes takes a few a few days for people to realize that they need more than the free tier, and we are fixing a lot of bugs. We are still doing a lot of marketing and trying to figure out how to properly advertise this tool. But yeah, uh, it's a bit stressful. It's definitely a bit stressful, and at the same time. Uh, there's other things going on, there's the community, there's all these projects, but those are, they are kind of in autopilot mode. They don't require much of my time, so that's that's okay, that's cool. Anyways, that's basically the update on Pod Squeeze. Uh, I still too early to say, but we are not afraid to kill it. Uh, even though, I have to be honest, it feels a little bit, um, it feels a little bit... Uh, um, that I've put so much work into it that killing it, it won't be easy. But I know that this is what I have to do. And uh, we have already a lot of other ideas to to follow up with. So that's no problem at all. At the same time, there's a few updates as well. Something interesting that I want to tell you. First of all, I got our first interested in acquiring the Indie Lottery, which is really exciting. So I got a message for someone. At first, I was... A bit um, septic because septic skeptic, yeah. Because uh, this person he, he was asking for me to add him on Telegram because it was easy to chat. I was like, okay, but then it seems fine. And he made a bunch of questions around our business. And he was like, hey, are you making money? 
And I said, no, we are still not making money. Or we did make money when we were trying to get sponsors and that worked well. But our main problem now is marketing. So if you can solve marketing, this is great for you. Um, he said, yeah, he thinks he can solve the marketing problem because he's good with Facebook. And uh, yeah, it seems quite happy with it. Even the pricing. I mean, so far I'm selling it for 6K which is mostly only based on the time we spent to build it. I'm not considering the money that it was making because it was barely nothing. And he says, I mean, so far he didn't complain too much about the price. He said that he asked me if he could wait a little bit to to think about it. I said, of course. And it's funny because at the same time, I started to think, oh no, I'm selling my baby. You know, I don't want to do it because... I've been kind of thinking a little bit about the indie lottery and even though I still think it was a great decision to stop working on it, at least for now, sometimes I have ideas and things to improve. And at the same time, actually, the indie lottery is growing. We have people actually submitting their projects there. So, yeah, I think in the end it will still be great to sell it, but it's interesting to have these feelings of like, oh, no, I'm selling it. What if this is a great thing? But... Fortunately, I have a lot of ideas, so I don't think it will be an issue to to find another one. Last but not least, freelancing is still going. And let me tell you a story of a failure. Uh, I We we want to release this app on iOS and Android. And we released it and we're waiting for the review. It's been a bit hard to, to get through the review, especially on iOS. We're waiting and spend one day, two days. They normally answer in, in one day or so. And it's been two days and three days, and we're like, hey, what's happening? What's happening? But, you know, it was carnival and weekend. And today my client sends me a message and says, hey, Tiago, I don't think we probably submitted the, um, the apps for review. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I checked, and I failed to submit properly both iOS and Android. I was really, really, um, I was really embarrassed because it was completely my fault. Again, I, th I think these stupid apps, they or app stores, they are not uh, intuitive. So what happened was that I clicked once, but then apparently you have to click again. And I didn't notice that. Probably I was in a rush or something. And I failed that. So, yeah, it, it was not upset, but it, it's it's annoying. It's annoying because we're waiting for this. And, uh, yeah, I just told him, yeah, it was my fault. He said, and of course that um, he was not happy about it. Or, I mean, he was not upset, uh, but it's it's a shitty situation. Anyways, now we submitted it. And uh, actually, this client might want more work from me, like to do a different uh, website now, uh, which is cool. And at the same time, it seems that the situation with Diaspora that I told you last week might work out. So I might have actually a few freelancing clients, which is always uh, good to reduce a little bit the stress of uh, not making money. So now that I speak with you, actually, things are going well. And putting things into perspective, I should be happy and not stressed. So again, thank you so much for listening to, to me because it always helps to share this with you. And yeah, that's basically it for uh, today's episode. Let me just say that uh, if you like this podcast and you want me to continue and to become always motivated, there's a few ways that you can help me with that. First of all, sharing with all of your friends, uh, IndieMaker friends, sharing it on Twitter. That takes this a long way. 
as well send me DMs on Twitter because I'll always love to meet you and I will always answer. So you can find me at uh, WB Tiago and uh, uh, yeah, just send me a message on Twitter. And last but not least, you can become a patron of this podcast. It's $10 per month and you get to join our WB community and you meet makers from all over the world. You get the support and you can make all the questions you want. And it's a really, really great environment to be part of. And you'll be as well supporting this podcast. Or you can also buy my guide uh, from all the interviews I've made. I created this guide, step-by-step guide to help you with your indie projects. And all of the links will be in the show notes. You can just go there and uh, check them out. And that's it. That's it for uh, today's episode. I hope it was good and the sound quality was uh, okay for you. This was another one of the entrepreneur. See you next time. Did you know that in uh, Germany's carnival, people actually throw candy at you? Yeah, it's really good.